Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spar and Brawl. I hope you're having a decent day. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam, and we're back with another episode of The Progressive World. So as usual, I'm going to start with a quick rundown of the show so you can skip to any segment that you find interesting. <clears throat> so right after we do the introduction, we've been chit-chatting in these last few episodes, in case you want to <laughs> listen to that part specifically. But then we'll move on to kind of Progressive World U.S., and under that, there'll be a few stories. So Bad Fate, Brianna did an interview with Marianne, Marianne Williamson. We'll talk about that. There's that clip that's been going around with Nina Turner eviscerating, as the headlines read, <laughs> Mansion staffer on CNN who just looks ridiculous. Then we're going to just talk a bit about Kirsten Cinema. I mean, I know that everybody knows about her past, but I mean, I was just reading one or two CNN articles, and it is just a bit staggering at the complete 180 shift that she that she's done. So we'll read a little bit from CNN article and her Wikipedia page. Then after that, we're going to talk about Eric Adams. So he's the mayor of New York right now, if I'm not um, mistaken, right, Sam? And he could possibly become a big personality in the in the Democratic Party going forward. So that's kind of our first story. Then we're going to move on to a few articles under progressive press um, segment and pretty much some funny articles <laughs> from <laughs> The Guardian. One Canadian professor thinks that the U.S. could become a dictatorship by 2030. We'll talk about that. And this other op-ed, in, I think it was written in the Wall Street Journal with the headline, this presidency isn't turning out as planned. And this I person... think it's New York Times. Oh, is it New York Times? Okay. I think, wait. Ezra Klein. And the person talks about supply and demand yeah. and all this, a lot of confusing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have some fun with that. Then we're going to move on to progressive geopolitics, just some news about Syria, Iran, Ukraine, the UK. So we'll just go through them quickly. Then we're going to move on to our quick hitters. So under quick hitters, Sam might talk a little bit about bro culture on the left, if he can put all his thoughts and ideas together. I, so that might be a segment, I, but <laughs> that that's more, I feel like because the theme of our episode yeah. is impotence. It, it, that's like the conclusion of the, of the theme. Yeah. That makes more sense. That was a bit, yeah. I wasn't sure if I should say it, but okay. You clarified it nicely. No, yeah. Then there's yeah. Australia's deportation of uh, Novak Djokovic. <clears throat> which really seems like, I mean, clearly based on their statements, it's political and nothing to do with public health or even an interpretation of science or anything, which I found to be quite shocking, um, to be honest. Then there are two one, uh, there are two series, or one of them is a series and the other one is a movie coming out about Elizabeth Holmes. And I'm going to discuss with Sam, who I think is the best person to play Elizabeth Holmes. Then The Rising did a few stories that involved Joe Rogan and kind of they shared a clip in there. And the way the mainstream media refers to Joe Rogan nowadays is just truly disgusting, I find. But then Kim Iverson discussed the Great Reset. So I want to comment on that a little bit. And then we're going to do a pick of the week, which will include the greatest or and the worst, the great and the worst of this week. Am I putting the best this? and the worst? I guess the best I and the know. worst. <laughs> the best. We and should the worst. have agreed upon the name before starting this episode. <laughs> the, good. the good and the bad. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, just oh yeah, all right. 
I just remembered something else. But yeah, the like pick. I I think we're gonna do like useful idiots style. We're gonna do role reversal each week. So we one of us picks the best of the week, one of us picks up the worst of the week, and then we switch. Exactly. Okay, we had agreed on that, so that's good. And then we'll do a question of the week. So last time, last time, that's a question of the week was what's our most conservative point of view, and this time will be what's our most progressive point of view and then we'll wrap up with some progressive tweets as per usual so all right sam i think that's it so let's get this party started so how was your week the most difficult part of our podcast <laughs> just the chit chat how are you <clears throat> this Very week is natural. good i was thinking of um i was just thinking what i did that was kind of special this week or interesting to mention so there are two things i'll start with the food one one is that oh. in switzerland they have two types of meals that are like their swiss dishes i would call one is called fondue it's like this big yeah, bowl of that's cheese. That's the only like this. one. Yeah, yeah. Where you put bread in it. And then there's this other one called uh, raclette, which is pretty much just a boiled potato and you put cheese on it. <laughs> All right. It's like wartime food, I feel. But <laughs> <laughs> people <laughs> go crazy over it. Does, it does feel like it's such a wide variety of taste and flavors. Yeah. With, cheese and potato. Okay. With a cabbage but soup on fair, the side. No, I'm joking. It sounds amazing, though. I'm, I love mashed potatoes. I love anything baked potato. Is it baked potato and yeah, then you pour it's cheese? a baked potato and, and then warm hot cheese? cheese. Yeah, so you warm up the cheese nice. in this little tray and you put the tray on the dining table. That sounds table. pretty awesome with some yeah. ketchup and mayo. Yeah, or you can put some spices (laughs) or veggies on it. And basically, you know, I've been vegan for like nine or 10 years. So I haven't really had it before. But now they make vegan cheese specifically for raclette. And they make it, they make them pretty good now because they've been making them for like, even initially when I went vegan, they had it, but they were horrible. But now they make them out of cashews and nuts (coughs) and, you know, at least they're decent and they're salty and they're edible. So that's some fun having that. They're edible. <laughs> that, that sounds this like weekend. a really vote of confidence. They're edible, I think. <laughs> no, honestly, that's funny it's pretty decent. I, lit- I was going to mention this that yesterday, I, uh, when I was, I was buying food and stuff, I saw for the first time, I saw like uh, Iranian-style uh, uh, vegan cheese. Oh, really? Uh, you know, yeah, like, like yeah, vegan cheese, like, you know, very much marketing wise focused on the veganness and all that and i was like oh it's it's everywhere now <laughs> we are we are all living in san francisco now <laughs> so yeah, it's just it was and by by iranian cheese you mean the one that uh kind of like it's kind of it's you like spread it on water feta. yeah on water on bread the one that you eat yeah. that way yeah it's kind of like you can feta. spread it on water <laughs> yeah yeah it has more taste yeah. to it and more saltiness and but, the consistency is a bit different, I would say. A bit. Yeah. But that's a good way of describing watery. it. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. But so, yeah, veganism is growing, man. It seems <laughs> you guys are. And by the way, I, I'm seriously considering becoming a vegetarian. It's just that, yeah, I need to find a Yeah, I need to find good alternatives to meat. It's hard, yeah. man. And are you it's into hard. beans and stuff? Do you like that? Yeah. 
but they give i have a stomach problem oh really say, <laughs> certain stomach problems <laughs> comes come up after beans and barley i love barley like yeah i can eat barley forever but yeah meat is the, i can digest meat the best which really? is really odd yeah interesting yeah, interesting. yeah. so uh, so what did you have the yeah the vegan cheese one and it was relatively okay yeah yeah no pretty pretty good if you ask me and then you know there were some pickles on the side and i love pickles so that's always good and yeah yes. some other few veggies next to it is is it like like was it like vegan cheddar cheese or is it just vegan cheese mm, it kind of comes as close to kind of cheddar-ish kind of like a sliced kind of cheese yeah kind of uh, like sliced cheese between cheddar but process. one that's a bit yeah a bit less yellow i mean this one is specifically made for the raclette machine so they make it a bit thicker because the whole process is kind of fun you put it on a little tray so imagine there's like this thing in the middle of the table that you put a little heater on and each get a little tray like this just big enough for a little slice of cheese and you put it under there and when the cheese melts you bring it out and you put it on your potatoes which are on your plate and then you eat it and then you go fight the russians <laughs> <laughs> i believe this. the swiss haven't fought anybody for a very long time <laughs> the last time the swiss fought anyone was like <laughs> 17 century <laughs> i don't know why you picked the russians <laughs> because they eat potatoes <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bit eurocentric fight the rush but yeah all right it seems but, like yeah. a lot of i always found fondue and all the other all the other swiss, <laughs> the, the swiss dishes because there is such a great there number two. Of, it, yeah it's, i find too many weird like equipments and all that involved like you need a spoon a spoon usually can get most things done i don't understand oh, you're it, right like... though because fondue also has its own special fork but i yeah, kind of yeah, understand like it me... though you need a fork that really <laughs> holds on to your bread because that cheese it looks like and you know suck you up and, you know... <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> you need a lost fork. In there. but to be honest i don't I'm love fondue too much just with a spoon I... you can just go and put it in there like a soup and But you don't. But no, the cheese you won't be able to eat it like that. I think because it's really hot. So you grab the bread that is like room temperature, because it's because con- oh, it's Your fire under the cheese. Typically, all right. Good point. Good point. But yeah, it's melting. So. Fondue. I mean, I tried it once or twice, even when I was vegan. Not the whole thing, but just to see what it's about. I don't love it too much because they cook it with white wine, so it has this other added taste to it. So I don't know if you recall yeah. that from when you had it. I- I when I, very, I was very young when I had it. I, it felt like a snack, to be honest. Yeah. I, I remember when I found <laughs> out that was like the dinner. I was, what? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm guessing people also have some ham on the side and things. I mean, people do have yeah. some, you know, sliced meat, know. dried know. meat next to it. That's like the it's rest a, of the yeah, Swiss cuisine, you know. <laughs> maze, as they say in Arab countries, than food. I yeah. Mean. I don't consider that a dish. <laughs> Man, there's this Instagram lady. She's she's pretty funny. She's from Vietnam and she moved to Germany and she lives with a German boyfriend. And she was making this one Instagram like 
showing like how easy it is to have a, a German husband because like every single meal they just have like brown bread with like some butter and some cheese <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it right and then like a sausage at night or like a lunch and like <laughs> it revolves around this and then you know she was like contrasting it's that so with, like in Vietnam people are chopping you know 50 different vegetables <laughs> like crazy turning a cow into tofu turning it back into something else <laughs> putting it in there. we need this six just... different herbs from six different regions yeah. of land <laughs> hunt them now uh, yeah that's exactly yeah. so you are right <laughs> in iran that would no. be considered a <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just northern European uh, yes. cuisine. It's just so bland and just so just like yeah, we we added cheese to potatoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's just like that's a starter, maybe. <laughs> but there's also wine, so that fixes everything. Yeah, that, yeah. Just drink the wine alcohol. and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, the alcohol just covers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, have the mead, ale, whatever. Yeah. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up about the cheese. <laughs> have some potatoes. But I do. I mean, I'm. I do. I must say, I'm a very play. I love plain food, though. I'm not actually that. I don't like a spicy food. Oh, I, like wow. my favorite food is like mashed potato. Mm. with like salt you know <laughs> like salt is my favorite <laughs> spice <laughs> it's, it's a good like, one though it's too, a good one <laughs> too spicy guys i think you added a bit of salt <laughs> but wait oh but you don't oh, yeah. like spicy food mm, i didn't know that no i don't like no, i that. love I spicy no. food i put crazy spiciness on everything i don't i i hate jalapenos i hate uh, hot sauces and it's really? really weird because everybody in my family and stuff they love it but no, I like mayonnaise and I have a very waspy taste. <laughs> I, just, I like water and, you know, <laughs> I like warm beer. It's really weird. Oh, so, shit. you know, I love what's this called? Um, we had it a couple of nights ago, warm wine, mold mm. wine. Mold. Yeah, so really? Good. No way. So I love that shit. I love it when it's with cinnamon and really? uh, orange slice. Yeah, I'm, I'm in personality wise i'm 95 years old i'm from like pre-world war one <laughs> it's weird no village like, between knows. austria and germany <laughs> yeah, it is a tiny yeah something went wrong in the reincarnation process, i believe but yeah nobody knows for sure so yeah in reality though i'm making fun of like northern but northern european cuisine yeah. but i love it like shepherd's pie was one of my favorite foods it was, or cornish pasty man cornish pastry cornish what's that cornish pastry it's the, it's like one of those meat pies but uh it's okay. like it's it's kind of I mean, like a calzone but much yeah. more delicious much i would really more. like a vegan version of it like as a small snack for sure oh man that, basically pies and pasties yeah. are my I'm favorite looking at it right like, now. oh <laughs> nah, I could eat. Oof. Yeah, but again, like you need three to count as a real meal. Just one. <laughs> yeah, you know. But that's interesting. So yeah. You had a well, good food. Anything for you to mention? I already told you about this show that I can tell you about, but I don't know if you had. Oh, yeah. The one with the, you said Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Was name? I, I need um, to actually... The Shrink Next Door. Was it comedy or drama? 
oh, like mm, comedy drama, you know, comedy, comedy drama. So I mean, the story, oh, yeah. Good. So it's like eight episodes, I think. I guess it's like a one season kind of thing. Apple TV. My wife was watching it, watched it all in one day. But I got a. I probably watched like 70, 75% of it. It was really good, including the beginning, the end. And pretty much the story is that Will Ferrell, he's kind of this really like, you know, weird and uh, kind of like, you know, he he's not outgoing at all. He's very like weird kind of guy, but he has a decent amount of money. He inherited his dad's um, like factory, some kind of like tissue factory or something. So he has money and stuff, but, you know, he really struggles with his personality. So he goes and finds a shrink and the shrink is Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd kind of helps him a bit to become a better person, but he's like a full out con man. Oh, and a parent's based on a true story. So, you know, he just like, yeah, he just like takes money from him, takes money from him, like moves to his house, makes it seem like it's his. So it kind of goes with our theme of, you know, psychiatrist and <laughs> things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yes, so I'm a fan of yeah. I, I well, love it's of not a psychiatrist, it's the other one. Where, uh, what's it called? He's another psychiatrist? No, it's also... Psychologist. Psychologist, right? I think psychiatrists... They're not doctors, they're not physicians. Yeah, they're different, right? Psychiatrists, yeah, they, psychologists can prescribe you a pill. Is a real doctor. Oh, really? That's, <laughs> That's a, a difference. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, psychiatrist is a is a medical professional. Psychologist is somebody who has studied psychology, as in Freud and stuff. Mm. But usually, most psychiatrists, I believe, are also psychologists yeah, too. Might as I well. Think. Might as well. You know, it's just two extra books. Come on. <laughs> While well, you're at two it, guys. <laughs> you get that. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, the psychiatrists, I mean, people who are big, big on, you know, chemical, they really hate like Freudians and Jungians. And hmm. There are all these internal factional wars going on, which is quite. But yeah. I need to check that TV show out. That sounds good. No, I would recommend it. It was good stuff. But yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything else special I did this week. All right. Anything on your side? I, well, I feel very self-conscious actually today because I, I did this. I watched some of our because I had to do. Oh, um, by the way, we've set up our Substack and we stuff, and we're going to be more active there on Substack and Twitter and stuff. Not a lot more active, <laughs> so you know, just a little. <laughs> but so I was. I listened to our show a little bit. And I've, I've become very self-conscious because I found that I laugh like a hyena with a throat cancer. It's just so bad. I sound like, a, like they're, you know, they're just chopping off wood with a, you know, with a chainsaw or something. So, yeah, I'm just, and my hair is just going crazy because of humidity. So it's just, it's been a pretty Nah, your laugh week. is good. Your laugh is good. I have a big problem with our ah, introduction thanks. video. Because every time I open our YouTube yeah, thing, it starts immediately and I hear my voice. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> so I tried to like, I tried to deactivate it for like people who already subscribed, but it still shows it to me. <laughs> really getting on my nerve. Honestly, I was thinking of taking it off. 
I was like, Jesus. We need to redo that at some point. Yeah, maybe when we have one. like other programs. But I mean, I still sound the same, so <laughs> I don't think it'll <laughs> Maybe just leave a five-second silence just so yeah. you can click away. That that's yeah. I'm putting my computer on mute when I'm doing like any uploading or yeah. anything now. <laughs> well, so, I have to yeah, listen that's... to our whole podcast when I'm editing. So Oh yeah, that's I, really yeah, I can't believe that. doing that, man. That's like that's torture. Yeah. 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 I can yeah. not good. <laughs> this is great advertisement for our program. Watching us is torture. But then yeah. I see other people in this space too and I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> make myself feel a bit better about <laughs> no, no. I mean, we are not good but yeah. everybody else is terrible <laughs> so relatively uh, speaking well, we should yeah. talk to some should we start and you know yeah, talk with, about someone who's actually uh, pretty good though i would say yeah i think so yeah somebody who yeah, actually gets some things done yeah yeah and and her like you know her show's they get they get going and it's pretty good although sometimes i don't know why i'm starting with this criticism of brianna shows i'm sure you can make it for ours too but sometimes i read like what the title says what this video is about but then when i'm mm. listening to the video i'm not too sure like what it's oh, about or what is the main argument <laughs> but as i go back to the headline i look it's like when you're doing like some kind of school assignment and you're writing, you're writing, you're like, okay, wait, what was it about? Well, what's <laughs> what's it to do? <laughs> so you read again what the assignment's about. Yeah. Okay, 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 oh yeah, true. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that actually has happened to me quite a few times on our show where I start talking and then I just go, oh, wait, what? <clears throat> but I think that's more on the guest though because it doesn't happen usually, I think in most of her shows, but in depending on the guest, it could happen. But and like I think this, this one, could... for instance, sorry. So this one is called um, Challenging Biden from the Left. Yeah. So this was the name, right? On Chan. So, I mean, they do talk about that, but it was about, I mean, yeah, I it was, it was fun to listen. Can you summarize? Things. Yeah. What what the discussion, oh, I, what Marianne I, Williamson I was wanna, about? Before, let's before uh, jumping into the discussion, I want to... Uh, address the like the real issue of the video which was uh, in my view was why were they sitting like that <laughs> that was the weirdest sitting arrangement i had ever seen in an interview they were next to each other but yet in a conflicting angle and then and then whenever Marion Williamson would bring her hand up, it would just almost be in the Brianna's face. And whenever Brianna would, it was the weirdest angle. And they, and I, COVID is still around, guys. So I don't know, like distance. So it was so weird. I was so distracted by the whole sitting arrangement. It's, and it was apparently at Marion Williamson's house or place, I think. So I don't know if it was this, I don't know what was going on. but it I think it was her really studio. Weird. Or something, because we actually got quite a bit of inside information from this video. Apparently, they're neighbors. And did yeah, you hear yeah, that yeah. part? And Marion Williamson made that hilarious joke. She's like, Sound like a stalker. <laughs> She's like, First, we talk about boys, then we talk about politics when we meet. And then, like, she laughed, and then Brianna oh. moved on. Did you pick up on that part? <laughs> I didn't. But yeah. now that you said it, it made sense to me what happened. Okay. Yeah. So I think they're very close. Um, 
Nice. No, but it was a very good interview. It was largely, I don't know what it was about, man. <laughs> to be honest, I really find it difficult. I tone, I zone out when people start talking about spirituality and atonement and that type of thing. But I think they were saying that we should push Biden. I, in the end, it got a bit more concrete, but I really, I really didn't understand it. Uh, yeah, I genuinely, I, I think they were saying that we should try to push Biden to the left, but at the same time, there should be a path for people to be forgiven. <laughs> and it's good to be spiritually awake and left. I don't know. I, I yeah. mean, it's, I, I mean, I was, I was having flashbacks to my childhood and going <laughs> to these astrology gatherings with my mom. <laughs> so, and I love it. I love it. It's fantastic and it's interesting, but I don't really understand it. And it's, yeah, it seemed like they are very nice people, but I, yeah, I don't know. Did you really understand besides what I said about pushing Biden left and actually also having a pathway for people to come back? I really didn't, I don't oh, know, I didn't all even, the rest was a spirituality and all that. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on the thing of the pathway and coming back. The, okay, so she posted a atonement segment. Stuff. Yeah, I got the atonement stuff. So she posted a segment of the video, right? It's not the full thing. So from where oh, it yeah, starts... From when it starts in the beginning, she gives actually some like very basic facts and like some really good one and like presents them very well about the situation in the U.S., this many person in poverty, this for university, this for healthcare. So there was that. But then, yeah, then it, of course, got mixed with her spirituality and I guess her background and and where she you know yeah what she did she, before and all yeah, this she, and you know she, she was to, in personal transformation industry what is that do you know mm-hmm. uh, is that the same as like the people who do become personal coaches and stuff and like achieve i don't know some or... kind of spirituality background i mean she said this one thing that was like, extremely spiritual she's like for me all i want to do is to share what i believe is deeply true and that's all i oh, want to yes. do yeah, yeah, then she I mentioned manu- <laughs> persuasion. Yeah, Brianna was actually being very, like, uh, what do you say, sober headed, whatever, yeah. uh, and saying that you could argue persu- persuasion, any form of persuasion is a type of manipulation. And she said, no, it's about sharing the truth. And it's very lovely and stuff. I don't want to be too critical, but at the same time, oh, you know, yeah. it's nice for you, but it's not something you can, you know, build coalitions on, actually. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, and these are just, these are, I guess these have to do with my mood and stuff and they change. And I mean, you know, the Democrats being, um, being, you know, having a president who's Democrat really does not seem to be even the lesser of two evils. It's pretty much the same. It makes no difference. So who cares? But I I feel like nowadays that it really is a feeling, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans get the presidency for at least like three terms or something now. I mean, you know, you mix with Kamala Harris being like as bad as you can possibly get. Biden, I mean, now that you think about it, what is Biden going to be like in three years? Then they want to want instead I mean, like shoe in like Hillary Clinton or someone like that. So Trump could easily win. And then another Republican could easily win after that. Or he could even, could he do another term? Could he do a third I term? Um, I no, don't no. think so. He'll be quite old. But anyway, there's a good chance that it's going to be like fully Republican dominated the House, the Senate. I mean, could, they change could, all yeah, the like, time. In two years, actually, they seem to change. But 
you know, I said Biden is kind of like Carter. After Carter, mm. you did have three term of Republicans, twice Reagan, uh, one George Bush, the father. But to be honest, I, I feel like people like about Kamala, actually, for example, people have such short term memories and stuff that who knows, man, in two years, so many like the last two years has felt like it 150 years to yeah. me, like so many shit happens now and the news cycle is just ridiculous yeah, now. No, for sure. so people are like kamala harris is over uh, you don't know like it's two years from now till the next election so who knows yeah. i think it's way too soon but on marion williamson this video though gave me great idea i do think there is a way for the left to push biden to left for like maybe next time or something <laughs> like if marion williamson just focuses on uh, on primarying Biden in Democratic primary in California, I think there is a good, like California is filled with hippies and, you know, San Francisco yoga teachers, all of them are in a spirituality and getting interconnected with the nature and avatar and having sex with trees. I don't know whatever they do. So, you know, you know, you could really damage him there. Man. I don't know. I'm just so pessimistic right now because listen, she labored her as she labeled her. She named her previous video of that uh, to, of this one with Chris Hedges and um, Shama Sawant. She named it should the left primary Joe Biden. Right. And then this one was called Marion Williamson challenging Biden from the left. And of course, yeah, sure, of course, 100 million percent that, you know, from, from the left, people should primary him. But I'm more interested in what has changed in like the infrastructure or the way for this to be possible for her to not just get crushed by the media and not get any, any like, you know, any media time, her oh, not being able to make gosh. any of the debates properly, that that it just turns out to be like a big nothing, even if. You know, they strategize I, I, in the way that you are, um, you are I suggesting. Think my, I think my California idea is, to be honest, great. <laughs> it's because not a bad you, one, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, because you, it's got a lot of electoral college and all that. So you focus on, you know, I don't know. I, but why would I, Biden you, you care about that? I mean, they're going to win Democrat anyway. They'll just like block no, her out, block say, her out. Say I, I, I'll, no, but if she runs as a third party candidate for just focuses all her campaigning again i think this is strategy as you say is hopeless but it's you know it's something you could do it could be fun you know, I don't know. could lead to a more national state i mean it's better than doing nothing no? it's better than, i'll tell you what to me sounds like and again i don't do jack shit i'm not even american so yes yeah, <laughs> so here. putting that same out same. there but the u.s yeah. not only impacts people in that country which I care for people equally, whether I live in their country or I, or I don't. And secondly, impacts everything around the world. So having said that, I found what Chris um, Hedges was, um, was saying and what Shama Sound was saying, which is like, you know, have to start from scratch. And yeah, forget you can primary Joe Biden, whatever you want from now, but unless that at least there's like a movement around certain issues at the national level, well beyond that starts well beyond the election so even well, this one is too I, late I don't... that's the only one that sounds like sure that sounds very hard and not be possible that's the only one that sounds realistic to me because primarying it bernie sanders i believe probably did the best humanly possible in the u.s context of doing it that way and that one not... unfortunately didn't amount at the end 
no too much okay but... yeah i said no but if he ran as a third party candidate i think it would have been a very different story and i would say i mean i was a bit joking about the whole california i was just <laughs> trying to do a joke about the fact that california is basically filled with spiritual hippies but um Look, I do think if we can't even organize, like first, I think we discussed this in the last episode. I think the reason we can't get shit done on the left is because there is no leadership, not because there is no movement on the ground. So I think the movement on the ground will follow the leadership. There yeah, should so be where people is this like leadership? Mary, so Mary, if Marion Williamson, for example, decides to run as a third party candidate, by the way, I didn't understand in the video, is she part of Andrew Yang's party or something because I, she talked about that too i didn't understand why she was talking about it yeah and, and there's an, in the headline of oh, the yeah. video they also mentioned that but yeah i didn't quite get that too and i think both of them said that they're not too familiar with what he's doing right now or did, she, or did brianna say that i think brianna said that. i yeah. don't know i don't but yeah so i i, I mean like if like there needs to be people leaders that bring like because right now there is all these people in at the national level at the not national level sorry at the city level at the state level so i think somebody should bring them together it's the problem of i i i think i mean i call that a movement too when i speak about movement i'm also referring to something like all right so no no i'm saying like i okay i thought you mean at a very local level i i think there needs to be somebody at a national level or at the minimum a state level you know coming out if not global level you know that would be nice who needs to be extremely talented and like extremely popular in some way to break through the mainstream media as well someone way or another or has for some reason they can't ignore him yeah or he already has like trump <laughs> like how much would it take for him to just switch sides <laughs> <laughs> i promise you no less than you think yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's 100 bucks come on buddy come Man, on christian <laughs> cinema yeah i was just looking at her numbers and like she's like the th- uh, she made like the third highest amount of like she received like thir- third highest amount of corporate money and she received something like three million I believe last year something maybe I had the figures in the really, article. That's that's more about her campaigning, so okay. she wins and shit. But the real, like they make the real money after they leave the yeah. Senate or the Congress, and they go into lobbying or into some advisory role or some bullshit yeah. lecture. But and I'm that's saying where you make the real paying money. of politicians right now shouldn't be that hard. Oh, but yeah, yeah you can't make them too many promises for the future. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's yeah, we need to get some really corrupt politicians. We need to buy up some politicians. That's that's as yeah, that's the best strategy. But it was a very great video though, but it was hell of a confusing one. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one before that was really was really good. The one where uh, with Chris Hedges and oh, that Sh- one was like, yeah, yeah. That one that was like I understood a... fully what they were talking about and what the idea was. Now, whether you agree with it or not, that's a different. That was question. like being at the meeting at the you know, <laughs> I don't know, international or something, you know, and they, ah, Bolsheviks and Mensheviks or something, Mensheviks. <laughs> so you know, it's, it was interesting. but yeah well the left has nina turner no i mean progressives have nina turner yeah could she shall we jump into that now could she do could she do anything 
Look, she has yeah. access to CNN and stuff. Although, um, yeah, I, I see sure. exactly how they package her. It, CNN. So yeah, so it's no problem. Yeah, me having... too. Yeah, she's basically. I mean, the problem with the video that we are discussing, basically, for me, was that it was just so close to her campaign, and during her campaign, her rhetoric changed so much. Like she went suddenly from this like very like firebrand leftist to, oh, I'm a very conciliatory person. What's wrong? What's going on, guys? Let's bring us everybody back. They come together. What's everybody? Why is everybody so angry? And then now suddenly she shifted back yeah. to this firebrand leftist. So I don't buy it. It was nice that mm. she said those things. I mean, I agree with it, of course, but... It was, uh, yeah, I didn't... No, yeah, I mean, she it. went all out in this video. And I mean, yeah, you, I didn't watch her that much during her campaign and stuff. So, yeah, that wasn't really the tone that she had. And she was very but, nice to, yeah. the, for, uh, to the squad and all that. Yeah, but, yeah you know. And, you know, uh, you said the video on the bad faith, I think, with, uh, again, I forget her name. Shama Sawant. Yeah, she mentions that she didn't really yeah. differentiate herself from the squad. And all yeah, that. you're right. You're so, right. That was, she made some good criticisms um, there, and yeah. she didn't she didn't differentiate herself from her um, from her opposition in like a very clear cut way. Being like, yes, I know that we're both black, <laughs> but she wants <laughs> X, Y, and Z. But there are further further differences. It's guys, color of Jesus Christ. <laughs> there are other, you know, differences between us. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I didn't buy that. But the video was really strange. <laughs> what, what, what was Joe Manchin's, was he Joe Manchin's like advisor or something, right? He was like and a media was yeah, like, uh, He was like dressed like a Lawrence Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, what are you, an archaeologist discovering like ancient Egyptian artifacts what yeah. and he was just like that and he was like this he was his face was like that eyes <laughs> i swear he must have put so much thought into on? pulling off that shit i bet you i bet I you that's like you, that jacket is not yeah. an accident yeah. Yeah. Weird <laughs> yeah. sort of semi i mean look i wear a tie i'm yeah. you know i'm i dress up for this but i don't like this was the weirdest like i just came back from the site yeah fight, fighting yeah. of some you know um, snakes yeah. or something i, I mean he, he, uh, he was uh, he was smart you know he was probably thinking okay nina turner is gonna come and oh, be all I'm passionate and emotional but me i'm gonna, I'm gonna go look for... like yeah this you know i was just in the field collecting <laughs> data <laughs> of, of people you know what i mean i'm just telling you the plain truth you know i just want to tell you guys what people are thinking and what they want to hear look at me i don't even care you know yeah you know uh, I'm, I'm, i could uh, care that yeah i'm just, just doing scientist. it for you yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm just i'm just the archaeologist yeah. going through that <laughs> just don't mention archaeologist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just try <trying> to... <laughs> he hired me for that. i don't know why but... <laughs> no but you're right even like the way i mean <laughs> He's a media expert, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, he must know so how a camera works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was like. He looked like Oliver Twist. <laughs> like, like the angle and all that. I, I don't know. It was, yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting uh, video on CNN, though, because the CNN host was actually taking uh, uh, Nina Turner's side more, yeah. which was surprising for CNN. Yeah.
I mean, because Nina Turner was also, yeah, I mean, the way she was speaking, I don't, I don't remember her words exactly. It was you know, righteous out Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they yeah. don't have a problem with that. You know, every now and then they have that. It goes with it. And CNN is like, you know, it's serving the kind of Democrats, globalists, as they like to call it, that kind of viewer. So. Airport. <laughs> Airport audience. <laughs> Airport audience all over the globe. <laughs> Oh, well, what should we put on CNN? <laughs> Man, that says so much. Huh? That says so much about the content of That's CNN that you can just have it as like background. It is mainly background. Yeah. Yeah. And most of it is these days, whenever I go to my uncle's house, who I don't know, for some reason is in love with CNN, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's mostly advertisement about Africa yeah. and like Middle East and like it's an advertisement of Boeing airplanes as yeah. if, I don't know who's watching CNN and going, I got to get a Boeing for myself. Yeah. You know, it's just, I need a, I feel like buying a Boeing. Like who are you advertising? No, to? I like, guess through CNN. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think like through CNN, they target exactly specifically Six like people. executives and stuff in different countries and Probably, yeah. politicians and things like that. Yeah, it's it's mostly advert. It's so much yeah. advertisement, man. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. I'm talking CNN International now, obviously. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. They're a bit different, but not too different. But yeah, CNN yeah. International loves it. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Joe Manchin's archaeologist in the future. Though. He's just, I just can't wait. It was great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Should I switch yeah. to Kirsten Cinema? After watching that video on KT Alper show, it looked like Christian Cinema has has gone through a mean girl transformation. <laughs> like she was this like normal looking, but not you know yeah. just average person and all that. And she has like now the hair is all done, and then the glasses are yeah. special, and the makeup is yeah. all crazy and all that. And she's now this hot chick that Mitch Romney is in love with. <laughs> and uh, it's just this weird, it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, it's literally, it's like, basically, it seems like Washington is the highest school in Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and Nancy Pelosi is the, is the, the main evil character. Yeah. Oh, so and Mitt Romney is the boyfriend they all want to have. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, like she's dressing That's how you like should think yeah. about Washington. She's dressing as like a very like hip, like not hip, but like a young kind of like globalist kind of Democrat looking person. She's but she's then going like for that pixie dream girl look a bit hipstery. Yeah, but mixing uh, that with like her her like current policies, which are really like right wing. So I guess she's trying to like contrast from that being like, you know, look, I'm a very oh, yeah. like 21st century kind of like Democrat kind of person. But let's be very serious about what we're talking about right now. Like Do you these think left wing policies are no good. I mean, I think she's like a bit. I mean, of course, she dresses and everything like that consciously now, whether how she's trying to balance no, that off with her point of a, view and everything. No, I wonder if you think it's a marketing ploy mm. by their by her team or it just happened organically as she became sort of more of a Washington creature. It feels to me an organic shift. It, I remember Ryan Grimm said in one of her his reports that apparently she became really disappointed after many years of failure being mm. on the quite a green party and yeah. involved with Ra- Ralph Nader and all that. So 
you know, I think it, in her case, that's why she's so good at it. It's organic mm. because I think, I think, I mean, who knows? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, or who cares? Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about these, these transformations. So let me just read like a few sentences. And that's what I've been wondering. I mean, if it happened organically, kind of, I mean, organically in what sense did she realize that she's going to make more money and everything by leaving the, the green? No, party? I, 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 no, I, she may have basically, she may actually believe the bullshit that, you know, you think uh, so? if we come together i mean actually after seeing the, her recent speech in which uh, i want to address the disease of the division oh yeah Ugh. yeah that was this yeah so no i take it back she's yeah she's doing it consciously probably yeah she's self-aware I mean, she's look, a self-aware monster. this article is so funny in many it doesn't ways. matter really but which one the cnn one yeah so it's written in 2018 yeah. okay the headline is Kirsten Cinema's anti-war activist pass under scrutiny as she runs for Senate. So the first funny thing with the headline is that the good stuff that she did in the it's past bad. is coming to bite her in the ass yeah. now. But of course, it didn't. But yeah, it starts. Uh, Democratic Representative Kirsten Cinema passed ties to far left groups are resurfing as she campaigns to win Arizona Senate race against her Republican opponent. Cinema is running on a congressional record as a hawk on military spending and defense, proclaiming an ad she would do whatever it takes to keep America safe and boasting that she fought for billions for military spending. So just remember, just hear the stuff that she's saying now, and then I'm going to read what she said before. But the Democratic Congresswoman also has an extensive past as a progressive activist. Her events and associations in opposing the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and her early years as a Democratic lawmaker in Arizona frequently brought her into contact with the left-wing fringe. Um, yeah. Fringe. Fringe, Thank yeah, you. exactly. Um, Cinema, a former Green Party spokeswoman in Arizona, who at the age of 25 in 2001 and 2002 ran and lost races, for local offices as an independent. She had moved to Arizona in 1995 and worked as a social worker. This part, I don't understand why it says she moved to Arizona in 1995. On her Wikipedia, it says she was born there. When George Bush was elected president... Maybe she moved back. Yeah. Cinema quickly began to make a name of herself in the state with left-wing activism. In the run-up to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, Cinema, then a law student at Arizona State University, was a frequent organizer of anti-war rallies, organizing 15 by the start of the Iraq war. So, you know, very active, not just taking part. Cinema later boasts on a progressive message board in 2006 of her opposition to Afghanistan from the start and continued opposition, saying she opposed wars in all forms. So, I mean, th this is just... It kind from of shows... What, what failure can do to you as well. Yeah, so I mean, do you think that... For 15 years, then you might... I mean, oh, I remember Ryan Grimm specifically said she had contempt mm. for the left because I guess, uh, you know... I mean, that makes As sense. soon as she sold out, she became a winner. So. <laughs> let, me, let me read one paragraph from the Wikipedia page now, but I've actually gone and checked these in other articles. So it's all... In 2000, Cinema worked on Ralph Nader's... <laughs> presidential yeah, campaign was, in 2001 2002 she ran for local elected offices independent and lost her green in 2002 the arizona republic published a letter from cinema criticizing capitalism 
<laughs> so that's a quote oh, from wow. it, apparently. Until the average that. American realizes that capitalism damages her livelihood while augmenting the livelihoods of the wealthy, the almighty dollar will continue to rule. And she's opposed NAFTA, the World Bank, WTO. Disease of division. What about disease of division? That's not mentioned in our uh, capitalism article. <laughs> well, <laughs> that came 17 That's years later. Disappointing. Listen to this <laughs> line. While in the Green Party, Cinema was local spokesperson, working to repeal the debt, part, uh, the debt penalty and organizing anti-war protests. So it all kind of adds wow. up with the stuff. And so, I mean... I assume she must still be anti-death penalty. I hope <laughs> at least she kept that one. I mean, it's probably something that she hasn't thought of again. Because it's, yeah, like, it's not a fun political... It's not going to win you and any I points. I want which she's a senator for richest state Arizona. Probably. So, oh, and, I and apparently I she's know. the first Democratic senator um, from Arizona. Arizona. So I mean, you know, she, but but that's interesting. That's very. But then the the, well, the shift is insane. But yeah, what do you think? Oh, it, wait. What's the root for you? It's just not having achieved anything unfortunately i, I don't know i uh, no yeah. she, she's been bought off one way or another and in the end who cares like the results are the same but it's just it's interesting you see this trend globally i think that uh two party systems at least are or like i places where i think two political forces uh yeah it's just uh, there is news we're going to discuss later that the tory mp just uh, defected to the labor mm-hmm. and the difference between two parties is just becoming and people like trump uh, criticizes iraq war and stuff from right you know she's the same from left they both go into this meat grinder and come out the same sausage so. yeah no i mean the lesser of two evils like argument and all that like i'm already dreading also oh, that's the, just the 24 2024 elections because of that stupid fucking it's not think, even honest, it's not even true think, anymore you know like i mean what can you point out with you know you can barely it, point to a few things be, with joe biden i have a feeling it's very much going to be i i have a theory which is not a scientific theory it's a personal theory that iran is uh, like uh, iranians aren't crazy they're just ahead of the curve <laughs> and everything that happens in iran it's just a couple of years later us and everywhere else sort of it starts copying sort of we are the cool kids so i, I like with the you know with the arab spring you had the greenest spring before mm. that and yeah the green movements or and it's always so but i think it's very much going to be the la- like last iranian elections it's going to be the least energetic mm. Uh, like nobody's gonna care except the crazy fans of Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. Everybody else is just whatever. We tried yeah. the we tried putting Trump in, nothing changed. <laughs> we tried putting Biden in, nothing changed. Like we tried everything, nothing changes. So. Well, everything, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, no. The U.S. elections are in a way like the least like interesting or like eventful thing because I mean, it's always between two candidates from the same two parties who who vary like this much between each other so there's not even anything you know any drama or anything to it i well the primaries with bernie was genuinely i mean that was me anyway maybe i was naive no yeah yeah. that was amazing 
Yeah. And oh man, Jeremy Corbyn election with like mm. against Theresa May, that was a fun one, but didn't last very long. That's kind of crushed later yeah. on. But, yeah. I mean, would Bernie Sanders maybe the left, like the real left, not Democrats, of course, but the left saw that had like witnessed its most exciting political moment of its life in the last at least in the last 40 years since and, reagan at and least. for the next maybe 20 years at least i don't know who knows what the future holds but i hope bernie like like i hope it never happens and all that but i hope he does like a constantine the, the roman emperor style like on his like when he's about to go out he just puts in his will that third party uh. <laughs> in my uh, just in the last second like uh, you should go for my third uh. <laughs> but then what exactly then, he's dead <laughs> and then yeah, the but at least because i don't think he's gonna do it in his lifetime but at least maybe his will will change the political i don't left i don't know <laughs> yeah if it's better if he does it now but i don't think he's gonna so <laughs> That's all I can hope for, for constant in a style conversion. Yeah. And so I can already see how the media would like cover that for years to come. They'll turn it's that into lie. like a national, no, no, it's they'll turn conspiracy. that into a national holiday and just celebrate the fact that he like had that as his like death wish. You know, like in the US, they celebrate like Martin Luther King and they're oh, like, wow, you know, yeah. and they celebrate like the anniversary of we have like I have a dream as like a speech and that's like all they do they just celebrate that he made that statement and then like that's it and they move on so it's it's literally can... a celebration of nice words yeah with little like concrete <laughs> uh, but somebody I think Colbert made that great joke that MLK day is the day that we pretend we all pretend <laughs> we say his words sorry and pretend that he agreed with us <laughs> yeah so, take his oh, words out of actually, context <laughs> that was so got, funny it just reminded me there is a great video about Tom Lair he's this fantastic uh, old American comedian and he has a, this fantastic song about national brotherhoods which day mm-hmm. which apparently was a holiday in the US and all that we hopefully we put the link in the description, but I think that sums up my feelings about most of the, yeah, most of it is just, you know, most people just showing off that, you know, uh, signal, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, no, but that, that joke was spot on, right? Um, just taking some yeah. words out of context, <laughs> man, like, and be like, you see, he agreed with me. He, he agreed with me. I mean, the, the, I can't believe the, I mean, how bellicose do you have to be? The guy, the guy who won the Virginia election, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, yeah. Republican guy. I mean, you're Republican, mm-hmm. like you guys are, you're, you're banning education mm-hmm. about like racism. And at the same time, you're like, yeah, he agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Oh, wow, man. You should just get points for being just have the, you know, for the balls. Or, I swear you know. to God. <laughs> soon i said someone like sleep with his wife or something no he agreed with me he agreed with me you see you see, you see the sentence in this in this book no, do sh- as you wish sh- do, as- <laughs> do, do as you wish uh, comma and well we don't need to read it. do as you wish <laughs> His son is like, no, he didn't mean that. Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the way the mainstream media, like, it's, it's horrible. The way they, yeah, oh, yeah commemorate him and celebrate him, these fuckers. 
you know some people have started calling mainstream media legacy media and i'm liking yeah, that i think there's something to it i don't know where the legacy word comes to but like i think because the, their legacy from it you know from a previous age yeah. of technology i think um, yeah i assume but that yeah makes, i've heard that, that makes i don't sense. know because some of these i like, prefer the mainstream net- though but the network ones like CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, I mean, they're in a league of their own in terms of like bullshitness. Because I don't know, like, sure, Washington Post is also full of bullshit. But I guess since it's like written work, yeah, they do you find good art. work. Like yeah. CNN online, yeah. you also find some good, like one or two good articles every now and then. Because oh, there's all okay, kinds maybe. of stuff. But under TV shit, I mean, that's where they go like, all out oh full crazy yeah so they no, need maybe like, like a special name even beyond mainstream media okay maybe legacy media should be a subcategory of yeah, mainstream because yeah. when, it, when mainstream can be like i think pretty much joe rogan is now mainstream more mainstream than cnn yeah has more viewers than them so i mean he's everybody you know. knows him especially among young people I mean, like, yeah that's the thing me i mean there should be establishment as mm. in how close they are to political power mainstream as in how popular and then legacy as in like you say like old-fashioned like you know yeah fox is just <laughs> like it, they're in a league of their own in terms yeah. of just programming and all that so yeah with source um, cnn yeah. i mean all of them oh yes yeah, cnn i mean yes yeah, cnn fox i would i don't know how fox is still to me is just another level and hopefully yeah. we'll discuss <laughs> a segment from one of their great programmings. I mean, it's just lunacy. I, yeah. I mean, it does seem like that. CNN is just a bunch of creeps and, you know, liars. Yeah. But in Fox, they're genuinely like, they need like medication. Especially like, not need even... to consult a doctor. Yeah, especially <laughs> not even like the Tucker Carlson stuff or like these evening shows. Those oh, are the good like ones. The normal one. It's like the Fox and Friends, like the things that they fill out like the daytime, like at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Oh my God, <laughs> like, the best. They should come yeah. with a warning, you know? <laughs> like, you can't, that's the insane stuff. Guys that's why you can't know yeah. what they're talking about. <laughs> like, you definitely can't play them at the airport. People will be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's just too weird. It's too weird to play them. Yeah, in, in CNN, it's just a bunch of liars just repeating, yeah. you know, lies and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, I still find Fox somewhat worse. No, Fox during the day. <laughs> Daytime Fox is just mental. It's mental. It's like, uh, the, you know, morning British shows. Yeah. Like, uh, Jeremy Kyle and his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is it Jeremy Kyle, the guy I who don't would know shout him, but at? I know. Yeah. What you're yeah, yeah, you're, you're a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> you gotta, gotta sort your life out. You know, you don't. Why did you sleep with your sister and brother at the same time? <laughs> just, the people they would find you were like, is that for real? Like, you know, we were slept with your cousin's wife's aunt. What the fuck was going on? Okay. <laughs> so yeah it's yeah you can't put that on airports i don't think yeah, yeah. So, they're Maybe next level they're definitely next level but okay let's keep this party moving uh, eric adams i saw a little segment on jacobin and ross barkin was just talking about him so he just kind of introduced me to him so he's oh, the mayor of he- new york now so i don't know too much but he seems like a you haven't savvy seen guy no 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 so he seems like a savvy evil guy who knows what he's doing no or oh no no oh, really 
No, he's an idiot. He's a savvy idiot. He's a, he's, he's, as I, I agree, this is my view, but the Chapo Trap House guys talked about him a couple of times and they say he's like the equivalent of a Democrat's Trump. Mm-hmm. And I think it's he's got that sort of working. He's not savvy. He's just bullish. And, yeah. you know, he's got that grit. I mean, it's, and it's so ridiculous to associate Trump with any grit, <laughs> but whatever, you know. Uh, he's uh, he a oh man. He talks about everybody in the city as if he, they're their his own personal <laughs> slaves. I love it. I love it. Every time he's doing a speech, my lawyers in this city are not happy about what's going on. My dishwashers they want to <laughs> go back to work. My restaurant owners, my police officers. I I think he may have mistaken the position of mayor of New York with the Egyptian pharaoh, and have. <laughs> I think he literally thinks he owns people because like my reporters are reporting stuff from like news sites. It's so funny, but no, he's an idiot, but he's got some, he's got some authenticity. Yeah. He's got that Trump thing to it, you know? But so he's the kind of idiot who can become president, don't know? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got, yeah, he's, I mean, to be fair, because Trump is savvy. Trump, Trump, definitely had some smarts and knew what he was doing in, in yeah, but, many ways yeah yeah he knows where the room goes you know they got that they got that animal like uh sense of you know they can yeah. they can feel where the room is going but i i think he would have a more difficult problem because i think he's really out of bounds with your average democrat democratic voter, but i mean he became know? mayor of the, new york well I mean, that was more, I think, to do with the fact that uh, pri- like he was the Democratic nominee. He wasn't beaten by Andrew Yang or anyone in the primary. So, you know, he, I mean, yeah, I don't know enough. You're right. But... No, 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 good. I mean, I, he's, a, he's a definitely, if anybody, I mean, it's just he feels too, you know what I mean? Like for a party that's, uh, for the party establishment that is really, really wants somebody like Pete Buttigieg, He's really hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I want to read some stuff from his past because Please. I knew you didn't know him. I, I thought you may have some seen some videos of him, but he's got some. No, amazing just that stuff. video on Jacobin is the first first time. I That's can the only it. thing. Yeah. Oh man, he's got it amazing. Let me read this. This is from uh, New York Times, but I'm reading it from the uh, 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 Wikipedia right now. Oh, all right. So, yeah. So, first of all, I like to tell you that he's been running for mayor of, I believe, New York since like 19, (laughs) early 1990s, right? And he was considered the joke candidate for a long time. Really? And now he's, yeah. And now he's the anti, like, defund the police candidate. But listen to this. During the, uh, oh, during the 1993 mayoral election, Adams, a supporter of incumbent candidate for mayor, David Dinkins made a controversial comment about the candidate for New York State Comptroller, Herman Badillo. Adams said that if Badillo, who was Puerto Rican, were concerned about Hispanic community, he would have married a Hispanic woman, not a Jewish woman. (laughs) These comments became a point of turmoil in the election and caused controversy for Dinkins, who ultimately lost the election. So this is the type of guy we're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but so I mean, funny. 
You know, if he cared about his Hispanic community, why did he marry? <laughs> this didn't seem as as smart as I would expect it, but it kind of goes along with what Ross Barkin was saying, I think, in, in Jacobin, because he was oh, yeah. kind of saying, yeah. like, you know, he'll insult the African. He's opportunist. And, like, no, but he, like, ins- yeah, that too, but he, like, insult the African American community in, like, a halfway. And while also knowing that he can, you know, lean onto his own identity politics for it to like not come off too bad so that he can say something like that and just like, you know, still survive having made that kind of statement. Oh, yeah. And no, no, he's really funny. He uses all these racial stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, he's very much uh, like that's he's opportunist. The best, Mm -hmm. I think, way to put these opportunists for sure which is a you know it's a, another good ability to have in politics yeah. so yeah he may be yeah he may be the future democratic president so so i mean let's summarize a bit what we've talked about right now so i mean me sitting in my room here i don't see <laughs> i just hope i don't see what like real left you know left left not the democrats what the hell they can do in the next five elections the re- Democrats themselves don't really have anyone to even like as a Democratic candidate, really. I mean, you know, except Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden and stuff, unless one of these people like Kirsten Cinema, or, you know, even Eric Dang. Adams in eight years or something like that. So these kind of people and the Republicans, they have it seems like they have a better like supply of people coming in. A, they have Trump for now. And then after, I feel they just have uh, the bigger, yeah or somebody else they have a but democrats also they'll find someone I think, but i think the most honest uh, uh like description of our situation was the one that joe biden gave after coming out of the meeting that so guys i don't know i hope we can do something but is this on is this work <laughs> is this on I don't, hello oh shit the, the bank is for, uh, yeah. for closing on the white house i have to go move my stuff <laughs> at this Man. point the political system is just completely impotent yeah it's just shooting blanks if shooting anything and you know it's over man it's over it's man. just yeah I'm, I'm worried about joe biden he's not he's even wise anymore. Anymore. i mean you've been doing conferences for how long since when is it your job to you know, to take care of the microphone. It's always on. Just come and speak. I'll ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? I hope we can get this done. The honest to God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. Is this mic on? I guess, anyway. And, uh, and I'm not sure either. But anyway, I hope we can get this done. But I'm not sure. But one thing for certain, one thing for certain, like every other major civil rights bill that came along. If we miss the first time, we can come back and try it a second time. But of course you have nothing to say, you know? He was like, uh, <laughs> is this table wobbly? Okay, someone hold on, someone come and fix this stand right now. Are you guys good? Anybody want water, Coke, anything, Diet Coke? We can get it for you. <laughs> he just seems like- Sandwiches, sandwiches. <laughs> Uh, cucumber sandwich is coming right. <laughs> he just 
look like he was killing time. At this point, <laughs> at this point, the best we can hope from a, a president is like good catering for the press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and a microphone. That's <laughs> so we are at that stage. Left can do. Yeah. The problem is the whole state apparatus is impotent. It's not just about left or right anymore. It's yeah. just at this point, and something will come to as always. Vacuums will be filled. So. I hope it's just not something as scary like Reagan, that's all. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, as, as someone who does nothing, but I'm extremely pessimistic <laughs> today. Yeah. I don't know why. Or like I mean, recently. Looking at us, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not the pointing most... at the, the finger at anyone, but I'm just saying. Pointing the finger at ourselves, yeah. considering considering our own level of ability and output, <laughs> it's not looking great. <laughs> And yeah, probably won't be the end of the world. Just more people who are suffering, more of them will suffer, and more yeah. middle class people will still most likely get by in Western countries. And but it's it's over, guys. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is this working? Is this is this <laughs> All right, Sam, let's move on to our progressive press segment, although none of these articles are <laughs> are written by any progressives or featured in progressive outlets, but, you know, we can perhaps give a progressive twist to them. So this first one, I mean, I was being all pessimistic in the previous segment about, you know, what the future holds for us, but I think this Canadian professor is taking it a bit too far. Too so far? The, yeah, <laughs> so the Guardian wrote, <laughs> U.S. could be under right-wing dictator by 2030, Canadian professor warns. Canadian political scientist warns an op-ed of Trumpist threat to American democracy and possible effect on northern neighbor being Canada. The U.S. could be under right-wing wait, dictatorship wait, 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 wait. in 2030. <laughs> yeah. uh, isn't it already? <laughs> That's a good one. Eh? That's a good one. <laughs> you know, no, I, I should be murdered for that. No. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, Sorry, one second. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to get the door, but okay, let me let me con- let me continue, right? So the US could be under right-wing dictatorship by 2030. A Canadian political science professor has warned, urging his country to protect itself against the collapse of American democracy. We mustn't dismiss these possibilities just because they seem ludicrous or too horrible to imagine. In 2014, the suggestion that Donald Trump would become president would have also struck nearly everyone as absurd. But today we live in a world where the absurd regularly becomes real and the horrible commonplace. So this is one thing that really pisses me off. So quotes from him, which is that just because Donald Trump became president and find like people didn't think he could become and the polling got it right to an extent and the experts got it wrong now anything else you can just point to be like oh you see trump happened since trump happened you should believe like whatever crap i'm telling you it doesn't work that way you know in canada they tried to run a similar figure as like trump to become prime minister it did not yeah it did not go far so just because one thing happened you can't justify everything else but i'll just read two more paragraphs which sum up really his whole rationale behind I this. I thought he has, yeah, there is a, ra- yeah. Oh, go ahead. By 2025, American democracy could collapse, causing extreme domestic political instab- instability, including widespread civil violence. 
by 2030, if not sooner, the country could be governed by right-wing dictatorship. The author cited eventualities centered on a Trump return to the White House in 2024, possibly including Republican health state legislators refusing to accept a Democratic win. Just one more. Trump, he warned, will have only two objectives, vindication and vengeance of the lie that his 2020 defeat by Joe Biden was the result of electoral fraud. I mean, first of all, you don't need the Americans, the American system have they've hacked the system, right? You can't be you can't be like blamed for corruption because corruption is part of the system. You don't need a dictatorship and, you know, make yourself all. How do you say it? Like, you know, easy target for criticism. No, you have the Democrat and Republican is only based out of these two that someone can become a president and. It's very defined the scope of everything that they discuss. So it it would even be like against your own objectives if you want, you know, for Republicans and Republican leaders to set up a dictatorship, as this person predicts (laughs) in the next eight years. I mean, first of all, it sounds like a great novel. Uh, I mean, uh, Trump comes back with a vengeance and fury. There will be war. There will be blood. Uh, So that sounds good. He should, you know, do some fictional writing. Secondly, I think it's just the whole way of framing the thing Mm. is ridiculous, as you say. And that's why it's so idiotic. Because you think like in, let's say, North Korea, the guy comes out one day and says, okay, guys, I'm the dictator now. We are changing the disease. Everybody, they claim to be democratic yeah. everywhere. China, North Korea, America, and all of it to a degree is true and to a large degree probably a lie in all cases. So it's just like, it's a very, what do you mean collapse into a dictatorship? What do you mean a one party system with Democrats being hunted down or something? Or by the way, why necessarily dictatorship doesn't even mean collapse? Maybe a dictator will come that is, you know, like uh, fascists in Italy or something, puts the whole population to work because of the large unemployment. And that's that's a real dangerous possibility we have with the current, uh, uh, you know, with the current uh, impotence of the uh, states that are, supposedly the strongest states in the whole world like us and you know to a lesser extent europe you know to a lesser extent russia blah 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 so i think it's just it's such a childish view that you know there is democracy there is dictatorship and one day we're going to transfer and we have to be careful for the collapse i mean what are you talking about like uh, and this guy is a political science professor so i know teaching kids this kind of shit Man, General McMaster is a, you know, the guy we discussed last yeah. week. He teaches at like a university. But at least people, him, they would know. He's a military guy and he's talking yeah, yeah, that. I mean, this guy, I don't know. I'm, he's just probably an academic. Well, now you I do. Know. I mean, yeah. you could go read his work and you know. And now you do. Jesus. I know. It's, I mean, to be, I, I wonder, I, I only read the article. I wonder if there's a paper he has written. Maybe there is some evidence. I mean, he wrote an op ed. I highly. Op ed? Okay. No, I mean, well, some yeah. of these things you can't, you can't find like evidence. You know, it's like saying, like, read the Bible and then you'll believe, like, there's no book, like, books don't have that power. Maybe, you know? No, like, but the <laughs> rational. Yeah. No, but the rational, like, as in how it would a go scheme. about it's or like, something. Like drawing, okay, Trump is here. Okay, <laughs> <try this. laughs>
with an arrow. I mean, good. Rationale. <laughs> People are reasonable. Plus two. Not anymore. <laughs> Becomes danger. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because as you read the rationale, the rationale was like by 2024 it could collapse. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's one guess. I guess that's one. But like, how exactly? What, what's going on anyway? And it all centers ridiculous. around Trump. If Trump doesn't come, yeah, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. There is no potential. Nobody else likes to become a dictator at all. Man, if everything yeah, so. was around this, and I love how we saw a Trump presidency. Yeah, I, I don't know. Can't it was anything different? <laughs> yeah, was yeah, anything he, different? He I mean, someone perfect... refresh my memory. Maybe I've forgotten. No, he look. If may no, to be honest, since. Biden has been so bad on immigration and stuff. I was going to say maybe on immigration issues, mm-hmm. but he's been pretty sane. And, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, no, but Trump had opportunities to become a dictator and he like, he doesn't want to do this. He, <laughs> he barely was, he was barely a president. He was on Twitter watching TV all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you need some, like, you know, some effort. For- and others wouldn't want this. I mean, if I was a Republican with a lot McConnell. of power... His current, their current system is much smarter. Their current system has, it's yeah, much more like egos, bulletproof. Man. I agree, but there sometimes you get big egos. The Santos guy, I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm just saying, yeah. like it's so ridiculous the whole argument of the yeah. guy hinging Trump as like the you know one yeah. guy or. Right. But yeah, it was yeah very worrisome. As you <laughs> as you famously once said, democracy needs to bulk up. <laughs> it's always under threat, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, this poor kid. There's never a day when democracy yeah. is not under threat. You need to go to a jujitsu class. <laughs> Self defense. <laughs> Should we move on to the other uh, New York Times article, which makes even less sense than this oh, one, yeah. or? Yeah, there's well, another I Guardian said, article that we kind of were skipping. And yeah, this one was just yes, all about yeah. coming together and, you know, talking and not facing right-wing populism with, with just kind yeah, well, of with censorship. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, it wasn't too bad, but it was just... Yeah, it was by Jeff Sparrow. I, it was actually interesting because he did actually quite... Um, specifically who points out the criticisms of democracy mm-hmm. that is currently we are facing that is this platonic idea that you know masses can't be controlled so you need a philosopher king or stuff but then when he comes to a solution i thought he just goes back to your usual like you know let me read this just the last paragraph uh uh the withering of opportunities for ordinary people to exercise meaningful power over their collective affairs gives the platonic critique of democracy an unwarranted credibility. So fantastic, like good analysis. Conversely, the more we practice governing ourselves by debating, by organizing, by demonstrating and protesting, the more natural democracy seems and the more isolated demagogues become. Well, I, I, I wish it got just a bit more specific about what does he mean by debating and yeah. organizing? Because if anything, I feel like all we do is debate and talk and stuff. And sadly, there is no, no action In non-powerful and, ways, right? In non-meaningful ways. So during like the yeah. debates and the elections and the presidencies and primaries, 
there is no debate kind of actually but then yeah us among the left and everything and, we do debate all the time so I'll give you that so if there was a world that's why i said it's not so bad if there was really a world where no, discussions went you know were meaningful <laughs> and they led to something then i mean what he's writing no, is not so bad yeah, everything just... yeah everything starts from discussion mm-hmm. or idea or whatever but i mean the video we're going to discuss later kp katie albert's podcast i think trevor I forget his family name guy. He made the point that, you know, after Trump, I thought there would be an end to this fit. Like, you know, this liberal need for discussion, constant discussion, discussion, bringing everybody together. But after like Trump came to power, it it was like a jolt of reality to the system. Mm -hmm. But then it has come back with a, you know, vengeance in a way since Biden. And I kind of like, yeah, I'm just, I wish there was more plans of action rather than discussions. Like this is one plan of action. This is another plan of action. So, yeah. but yeah, we, we shouldn't probably have mentioned it, but we did. So <laughs> no, we did. Yeah. I can, now <laughs> yeah. I mentioned, can I just make one more point? I mean, Definitely. maybe, maybe people like, maybe this makes sense to a lot of people and, you know, I'm just, I don't, uh, I don't give enough people enough credit. But, you know, these articles and like some of these videos that we watch and the, in the last few videos, I've talked about this, too. The language is so complicated that like, you yeah, know, who are you reaching yeah, yeah. with? The withering of opportunities for ordinary people to exercise meaningful power over their collective affairs yeah. gives the platonic critique of democracy, of democracy. Yeah, yeah. And okay, unwarranted all credibility. Right. I mean, this wasn't even the worst one, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. All right. You, I, I'm taking this a bit personal now because I was like, this is great. Fantastic. Now you're. <laughs> OK, but, yeah, it does sound a bit douchey and it does sound. Yeah, I know. It could just say lack of opportunities, you know, over your own over yeah. your life. It sucks. And no, it just know. depends who you're trying yeah. to reach. If you're trying to reach a bunch of people who are in this kind of world and, you know, and they're in their spare time they're watching marcusa videos and like you know bad faith <laughs> podcasts and this kind of thing when they're at home hey, then what's sure, wrong they with love that? are this. we not you know? people yeah are we not people we Do are we but i thought we're trying to reach you know uh as big of an not us but others are you- who are trying to enact change you think that you want to reach an audience who who's not necessarily fully into politics in this way or political philosophy and you know platonic critique <laughs> are you telling me like your average mechanic or somebody who works in an office doesn't know about the platonic critique of democracy are you saying that that's not common knowledge to all I mean, maybe they do i don't know disgraced maybe they I mean, went to I'm one sure of some of them do great schools well, where they, they teach critical race theory and god knows what so i i didn't go to one of those unfortunately i missed the boat <laughs> i went to school where they teach you two plus two a, B, C, D, you know, there was, wow. no, there was no really serious discussions. Of... <laughs> no, I didn't know about this take of yours. And I feel genuinely under attack and marginalized and triggered. I feel triggered. All right, but okay, is... let's move on then. <laughs> this is the start of the like breakage in our rela- feud, you know, in our relationship. Let's move on to an article that I don't think anybody would understand no matter what. <laughs> all right yeah let me give you a bit of a, i sent you two articles yeah. about biden administration it was actually part of a, like a, it's part of a trinity of uh like how do you say it's like a trinity of 
idiotic takes mm -hmm. on Biden administration. Basically, trinity of like basically three people who are trying to bullshit you. One of them uh, comes from a former university of mine, so you know I'm dishing a bit dirt there. Well, so there is one. one I, I want to start with actually one that I don't know if you read that one, which is what is Joe Biden thinking by Ross Dota. Dota. Oh no, I didn't Dota, see this Dota. one. I sent it, this one, but uh, oh man, this one is great. So in this one, the guy, Ross Dotat, he argues, uh, well, let me just read because I want you to be, you know, since you haven't read it as well. So, uh, so this is his analysis of how Biden uh, won, right? Biden won in 2020 as the moderate nominee of a partially radicalized party, which created an inherent uncertainty about what his victory would mean for policymaking, whether he would use his centrist cred to push an Elizabeth Warren style agenda. As we know, Elizabeth style Warren agenda was so progressive yeah. and so radical, almost so radical you, uh, when you read, read it, you fell asleep. <laughs> but, you know... Or govern primary as a bipartisan triangulator, a moderate in full. He goes on to say, the GOP was damaged and internally at war. We had vaccine for the coronavirus that offered the prospect of a quick return to normalcy. And it seemed like the hoped, the hoped for Biden boom might create a space for an ambitious progressive agenda. This was the atmosphere in which Biden's expansive proposals earned him comparison to Franklin Roosevelt, and in which his first Rooseveltian effort, the recovery bill, passed with surprising ease. I don't know, like what I world was this guy to, living? <laughs> yeah, I think he's living in a parallel universe. And as we discuss other articles, we find other people who are living in that uh, parallel universe. But it sounds like a very interesting parallel universe. I don't know what Roosevelt did in that universe, but he certainly didn't do New Deal. He did something far more, far more watered than. Uh, but but it but this is this is the part that it really like um this is where the universes really diverge, but then came harsh reality the Delta variant, the Afghanistan mess the infa the inflation spiral the Afghanistan mess is sort of thrown in there because <laughs> as we know like I don't think anybody really cared or nobody is even covering Afghanistan anymore. <laughs> like they just finished. They're finished with it. Like two months after the whole like army pulled back, nobody cares anymore. Then that oh, lasted he, two weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Now the real divergence, and yet the early progressive expectations for a transformative presidency nevertheless endured. They were palpable throughout the Build Back Better negotiations, and they remained evident in the rage against Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. Thus, the strategic argument for Biden's recent maneuver might be that he felt the need to go all the way with the progressive wing of his party, embrace the bombast, and actively take their side against Manchin and Cinema. I mean, I don't know which universe he lives in, but as far as I recall, Build Back Better, Build Back Better. Bill Beckman. Better. <laughs> Baker. Baker. Uh, it, was, uh, it was originally, I believe, 10 billion was the uh, original. Then it was 6 billion. Then no, three, trillion. And in, trillion, trillion. So, and then it... Uh, trillion? It was... Yeah, oh, right. Wow, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I forget. Anyways, but it, well, it was watered down to one and a half trillion dollars yeah. or something, right? 
So, yeah, he was really embracing the bombast <laughs> there. You know, he was going hard at Joe Manchin. I mean, Joe Manchin's daughter is a corrupt... Uh, per- and n- nobody mentions that, including Bernie. So, uh, yeah, and he goes on to say that basically this is very bad. And this is his bombast and his rhetoric. And apparently he's recently gave a speech about the voting rights and all that. Uh, it's not going to work. And to be honest, in a way, I kind of agree with his conclusion. Let me just read this last one. I kind of agree with that point he makes. But generally, politicians find reasons to forgive or forget when power forces them to do so. And power is what Biden conspicuously uh, lacks right now. An escalation that exposes only impotence beneath. And I do agree that, yeah, he's completely impotent and we shouldn't expect more. But the way he ca- he characterizes yeah. the history of us getting here is just, I love it. It's just, just wrote, his, wrote his own thing. <laughs> yeah, he's just living in his own. I mean, I, I don't know if he's genuinely living in a bubble or he just pretends. To, I don't know. I don't know what's and- your like I've said, you're allowed to be wrong, and you know, and then they go flip out at Joe Rogan and everything for like you know introducing <laughs> wrong narratives and stuff. I mean, exactly. He just made he's up just, his yeah, own storyline. <laughs> just he's. I mean, am I crazy though? Yeah. He's just making stuff up, right? Yeah. Like I, I, you sometimes you wonder: Is Biden like genuinely? Maybe Biden is a communist, <laughs> and I didn't know about it. Like he's been fighting. I don't know. Now, moving on to if he was the father of the Trinity, now moving to the Holy Ghost, uh, Ezra Klein from, uh, again, New York Times. This pres- Oh, uh, my headphones might run out soon. So This one, I, I feel like cut? reading like paragraphs won't do it justice. You kind of need to also like explain it, yeah. but maybe it does. I don't know. Give it a shot. <laughs> no, no, I'll read paragraphs. I'll try to explain it, but... Uh, well, I failed to understand. <laughs> yeah, but me too. Ezra Klein was somebody who was very much in contact with with Obama administration, so he has a lot of contacts there, and he has a lot of contacts now with the Biden people too. Like same because, as he mentions in the article, yeah. they are the same people, right? And then he goes on to argue that he has Biden has the opposite problem of Obama. It's not that he's not like. First of all, economy is doing much better than you think. And we'll come back to that because he references an article by Paul Krugman, yeah. the son in this analogy I'm going for, because <laughs> I'm going to then discuss his article. So um, the Holy Ghost goes on to say that, yeah, they are the same people, but they are saying different things. And with Obama, we had a problem of demand. And now we have a problem of supply. And I kind of get the supply thingy that he's saying that they don't produce enough and the shipping and all that because right now we have supply side issues yeah. because economy is in shocks from Corona and other issues over it was overheated anyway and all that. But the, I mean, I'm just going to read some parts because what the hell are you on about? I mean, he, I think he's taken too many Adderalls <laughs> and he stayed awake for too many days and he's just writing bullshit and it's just... And by the way, Biden administration is pretty much the same as Obama administration, and they are doing the same things, which is nothing. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, you know, it's easy to copy nothing. It's just nothing. Anyway, so let me start. Um, he goes, yeah, he first goes on to say that, you know, everybody is the same, basically. 
then the familiar names and faces can obscure how different the new administration in practice has become. Oh my God, how different. Perfect inversion of the problems Obama faced. The Obama administration was be, be deviled, be deviled. Oh my God. You, I mean, all of these assholes with their, they, they just, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, there's a significant number of writers who just want to show off how many words do you know? Be deviled by the crisis of demand. The Biden administration is struggling with the crisis of supply. For years, every conversation I had with Obama administration economists was about how to persuade, uh, persuade employers to hire and consumers to spend. Oh, okay. I mean, all right, fair enough. That's but what it mean. still doesn't make any sense though because he's like he's like taking. I mean the. The things I mean, haven't changed because the That's, supply and demand yeah. are not the same thing. He's taking the supply from some physical goods not being ready and some people, not, some employers not being able to find, you know, employees because they're not paying them correctly or enough. Equating that with the demand issue being that, you know, back then the financial crisis that just happened. But now, too, there are all kinds of demand issues and people not having enough money and there's still being poverty and all this. So it, it, it doesn't work out. These two are no, not no, the same. I know, but, but no, that, that just shows how goddamn... I mean, these people are living in a tunnel. Yeah. You know, it's tunnel vision all the way through. Listen to this. Exactly. That's I, I don't know why I didn't get it in the first... I mean, I'm not very bright no. either, but it's still... Obama administration economist, uh, every conversation I had was about how to persuade employers to hire and consumers to spend more. As far as these guys are concerned, the only people, the only, the only actors that actually should be active in a market are basically employers mm -hmm. and consumers. Basically, workers and a state, they don't exist. Yeah. Like a state can't come in and prop up the demand or you know, help with the supply. You have to pursue employers and consumers. So people who own businesses or people who have money to spend on businesses. I mean, Jesus Christ, I I should have I shouldn't have missed that. Sorry about that. So you know that kind of puts the whole thing in a quite a perspective. Uh, but I like to yeah I mean so that was your take that basically. Uh, I mean he's uh, trying to be like clever and smart right like playing on oh, the yeah. supply and demand words. Bullshit. But, you know. Oh yeah, that's definitely. They, yeah. they don't like cover the and then he's trying to make a very comprehensive like holistic kind of like overview and breakdown of the situation right he's not just talking about parts of the economy and then like it's almost an analogy that he's trying to advance which i yeah, find to be very thing. much exactly. like failed i th i swear to god man that's what i was going to say i'm i promise you he must have nutted when he like oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh this. for sure he was like <laughs> supply now people want the masks and they're not here the supply chain and back then um, there were nobody was spending money. <laughs> oh my god! Do, 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 do. <laughs> but you know. Oh my god! But yeah, coming I'm back to sure. my to my argument of you know this, he is not trying to I guess reach the masses or a lot of people. He's just trying to make and some elites happy with his articles and stuff. So yeah, it's fine I mean, if they don't make sense because it's all about it's not really about convincing actually, anyone. But if you're this trying all, to yeah. really convince people and then you still use some of these like big kind of language and stuff, just the past few weeks I've been thinking. Yeah, I don't know if it gets you anywhere. Yeah. No, this is all about making your readers. Oh, yeah. 
apologies about that. Yeah, no, this is all about making the five people who do uh, read New York Times feel okay about their position in society and about their, you know, no, all this is all justified. Yeah. The economy is not doing as bad. We are on the right path. I mean, that's why, I mean, the feel good of it, that's why I wanted to read some more paragraphs from it because, again, and uh, feel good of it and the, uh, the fact that these people are literally living in a parallel mm. universe. <laughs> so, um, but we do have problems. Oh, 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 thank God. You know, there is some, re you know, uh, reality is, you know, breaking through sometimes. Uh, year on year, inflation is running at a 7%. It's highest rate in decades. And Omicron has shown that the Biden administration wasted months of possible preparation. It is not to blame for the mm -hmm. new variant. It is not. But it is to, the, to blame for the paucity yeah god damn yeah i am yeah you're right i'm completely against all writers paucity of tests effective masks and ventilation upgrades no it's not to the blame for the you know omicron i'm sorry uh, which companies i mean couldn't a government say that yeah you don't have you can't copyright the vaccine yeah and people in Africa, I mean, we last week covered their burning vaccines because they're, uh, you know, because they're running out, they're becoming expired. expired. Yeah. And, yeah, they're expiring. And there are still many countries in which many people are awaiting vaccines. So, no, you know, the most powerful nation in the world and, you know, a government which is connected to every pharmaceutical corporation, they have no responsibility in this regards. They are not at fault. I mean, come on, guys, please. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it is just, just he, uh, he continues his, uh, I mean, he, I mean, some of it is just nonsense. I mean, listen to, uh, what was it? They need ports to clear more shipments and Pfizer to make more antiviral pills and shipping companies to hire more truckers and it's good to upgrade their ventilation systems. I mean, okay, who's gonna like, okay, but if the state doesn't come in and consumers and the, uh, business order it's not in their benefits who do you expect to do this shit yeah, and they need I'm to sorry, increase but... wages and they need to like improve the education no, system, yeah. and they need to uh, you know forgive student loans and they need to implement a better healthcare system so all these things he also it doesn't yeah, talk consumers... about because I guess it doesn't fall in a supply and demand I mean, analogy people are you know some people are you know very negative on a consumer society but just as a consumer mm. Come on, man. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Like, what do you think a consumer should be? Like, yeah, oh my God. They, these idiots. I mean, I'm just being, you know, I'm being fetishist. Like, obviously, consumer markets can't work. Consumer markets can't manage shipments and pharmaceutical shipments. Are you crazy? I mean, anyways, he goes on. Some of these problems, some of them, not all of them, some of these problems reflect the Biden administration's successes. Read my colleagues, Paul Krugman, for more on this. Read the, we move on to Sun soon, but before that, yeah, this guy is crazy. Man. I don't know what he's talking about. And he talks about their successes. I mean, he's talking about the like two minutes that like Biden was doing okay. Yeah. They, like, you know what I which mean? Which was it's pretty just... much the Afghanistan withdrawal, which they see as a problem anyway, but. Well, they, they and, see the recovery yeah. bill as a success as well. 
yeah, which I mean, the left doesn't consider as a success at all. And they've extended a few coronavirus like emergency things, right? Like a few things like taxes, la- yes, yeah. childcare <laughs> support, finally, yeah, <laughs> things that Trump giving- was doing. <laughs> was wrong I mean, with it. But yeah, it's just, I mean, listen to this. This, it's talking about this government. It did an extraordinary job in its first month, flooding oh, the country with vaccines. Today, any adult who wants one or three can get the shot, but vaccine aren't the only public health tool that matters. Uh, and there was every reason to believe that to, uh, the Biden administration knew it. The American Rescue Plan had about 20 billion for vaccine distribution, but it had 50 billion to expand testing and even more than that to re retrofit classrooms so teachers and children alike would feel safe. Where did that money go? Uh, first of all, it went mostly to corporation handouts, yeah. so just so he knows. Secondly, I mean, again, I, and this, by the way, just highlights, like, they expect the government to all do all of this for vaccines and stuff, so why not do it for the whole healthcare? Yeah. Why not have many? It's as if it's as if maybe government should have been managing healthcare, no? It's as if that's the suggestion that comes off of this article. No, I mean, I think this article is just too much. I, I mean, that's the, I'm gonna, this is the last thing I'm going to read from it. <laughs> Getting the pandemic supply chain right uh, would help ease every other supply chain. As you said, like, yeah, this whole article came about because he figured out you can make an analogy. Yeah, with supply. the medicine. Yeah, and oh, free market. If Americans could move about their lives more confidently, they could buy services instead of things. And if companies could test and protect their workforces more effectively, they could produce and ship more goods. I mean, it's like, so sure, blatantly yeah. from a perspective of a consumer or a business owner nobody else matters like <laughs> these people I, I love it though because it proves that they don't consider themselves as doing real jobs because i don't think they are doing real jobs either but you know they they are just consumers and people who have things it's there is not like you know i mean he's doesn't he's not even a business owner he's just a parasite so. yeah no this was a very confusing and i mean it could only pass as an op-ed piece <laughs> I, I love the op- op-ed piece it's supposed to mean it's your opinion not just write whatever you want <laughs> uh, well that's i mean yeah I, what can i say it does feel like at this point it's just uh, and let's coming to the last uh last point in on in our holy trinity i'm not going to read much from this i'm just going to read the title and i think uh, it's just a speech for itself. It's by Paul Krugman, who, yeah, it's just, I mean, I used to kind of, I used to be more positive yeah, on him. No, he, more and more time passes. It's just more and more disappointing. He just discovers but, things always like four years later. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, about yeah, 20 yeah. years. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have <laughs> No, but, and he's, uh, he's been strawmanning a lot. So, yeah, anyway. The economic case for Goldilocks. So, yeah. I think from the title, people can guess. So let's start. For the U.S. economy, 2021 was both the best of times and the worst of times. Uh-huh. Well, maybe not that bad, but it's still. I mean, come on, man. You're an economist. <laughs> You're not a fucking English lit grad. <laughs> you don't need to do this. Like, you know, this is from Tale of Two. Anyway, the good news, uh, Colin. 
I mean, that's, by the way, another sign of a very fantastic, you know, writer using Colin. Anyway, the good news, unemployment plunged thanks to rapid growth and job creation, falling as fast as it did during the morning in America, recovery of the early 1980s. The bad news, inflation hit its highest levels in decades. So economists who uh, warned early last year about inflation were right, while those of us who downplayed the risk or predicted only a brief interlude of rising prices were wrong. So this article, which is just, I mean, it's, it's very short and very nonsensical, but it goes on to argue that actually we are living in a, like it's Goldilocks. <laughs> it's not like it's perfect because, yeah. you know, it's a good level of unemployment and it's a good level of inflation for growth and stuff. And Biden administration is doing great. You know, so, you know, no worries, guys. So it's all doing great. Well, how do you feel? Do you feel it's? No, definitely. Just like a few small issues, a few small kinks to work through. And that's yeah. it. I Again, I don't know which universities people are living. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he, he he's he actually gets on my nerves a lot. Paul yeah, because he like presents himself as, you know, oh, as, like, I wish... this leftist economist kind of thing. So he's like a double fraud. Yeah, yeah, they, I know what you mean. No, I wish I sent you this article and I just came across it this morning. But he's just, I mean, it's, I don't want to read more from it because it's mostly nonsense. But uh, he just goes on to say that, yeah, it's good. Basically that, you know, most of the problem is right now with service industry yeah. because service industry is the one hit hardest and we should focus on bringing that back up and all that. It's some nonsensical stuff. It was just... I mean, it was so funny that I, you know, New York Times had these three articles. It just, it does feel like New York Times is op-eds are basically like uh, lawyers for uh, Biden administration. <laughs> like, like, no, guys, look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. It's a parallel universe. It's a parallel universe. No. Biden is doing great. Goldilocks, Goldilocks, Goldilocks. No, these op-eds just target such a specific demographic of people. Yeah, maybe, I didn't think of that before you said it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the only way it can make sense and it will sound maybe good to them and then may feel good. But yeah, I mean, this is the kind of shit we're, we're going to be experiencing for the <laughs> next three years and stuff. And, you know, what if, yeah, I mean, next year oh, and man. stuff, I mean, people talk about Joe Biden being a lame duck president for the next three years. That's a long time, you know, because I yeah, feel like he's soon going to run out of like, the things that he tried in his agenda. I mean, it's we'll already see. pretty much yeah. more, uh, the voting rights seems pretty much dead as well. So it's over and uh, he's going to lose the house for sure. I think in the next year election. So next year, or is it less than a year now? I don't know. Yeah. In a year. We are in 2021. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going full by the <laughs> we're gonna start 1996 with a great spirit guys <laughs> all right sam let's move on to some progressive geopolitics and before we cover a little bit the stories that we found for anybody interested of in learning more about kazakhstan and what happened there with the protests and everything gray zone i think it was last friday or saturday they did a great two hour long yeah, man, podcast. that was awesome with Pepe Escobar and he really seems to know what is going on there. And yeah, I mean, one of his main, one of the main things that he was arguing about was that, you know, how this was one of the last attempts at a color revolution. So meaning that like 
Western, like, you know, British and Americans, but also Turkish, um, you know, yeah, that was affiliated really aspect. Aff- affiliates trying to, you know, take away Kazakhstan out of like the Russia and China kind of sphere of influence, especially Russia, but how that like they failed miserably at, at doing that. So, yeah, that's just great stuff if people want to go listen to it. I don't know if I have anything else to add or if you do. No, it was great. It, uh, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, it was quite interesting. I read a couple of articles after that about mm. the Turkish, uh, like, influence in that region and the games they want to play. And they, wa- like, they were trying to uh, use wedges to grow their influence and all that. But what was also interesting, he said that there was a good chance maybe Russia knew or, you know, mm-hmm. they were ready for this or something. Yeah. So that was quite interesting and he seemed to be like yeah exactly he seemed to be like it was like an interview with lawrence of arabia or something <laughs> like somebody who has been in the region for like 15 years met with all the locals i know all the costumes you know i know how to first you drink tea with the right hand and you put the finger up yeah this, otherwise it's disrespectful <laughs> yeah it was so cool it was genuinely like interviewing like somebody in there it was so cool i mean he yeah. seems like one of the coolest people ever so no it was a great great stuff and he also has an article out of it um but oh i don't have it here under my eyes to say where it's written but okay um yeah. I think I had it right. I here. have expected him to go like in the middle of the interview. Go, guys, be quiet. <laughs> I have to go now. I have to go. Panic. There are connections going. <laughs> you know, here he wrote it here um, in the cradle. After Kazakhstan, the color revolution is over. So if people want to also read that article, he makes yeah, the same point. Should. But okay, moving on from color revolution and all that. What's our Yemen story about? Well, there was an attack. Well, it's yeah. Yemen and UAE, really. There was an attack, drone and ballistic, apparently, attack on UAE, which sounds crazy. Sadly, three people died. Uh, six people were injured. But it's a huge escalation of conflict between uh, Yemenis and UAE forces, which is kind of odd because last year, if you recall, there was some talks that UAE actually might be taking a slightly more conciliatory tone towards mm-hmm. Houthi compared to Saudi Arabia. But clearly things hasn't panned out. And yeah, that was very uh, crazy. And then uh, UAE responded with, you know, they bombed some uh, places in Sana'a, I believe, in Yemen. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of civilians died there, but reports there are less clear. So, you know, your usual back and forth. But it was quite an escalation, so it's worth mentioning, I think. No, definitely. And has it been, because I've read, I read an article too on it. I don't know if I watched Al Jazeera yesterday and stuff. Has it been all over kind of TV or no? Yeah, it was. For, yeah, for man, two I, days. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. It was. Makes sense. It was, yeah, because it was pretty good. Like, yeah, they hit the, I think they hit Abu Dhabi airport, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So yeah. It was a, sure. uh, it was a, yeah. Like, there were videos of people like taking, uh, they use their own cameras and stuff. So. Okay, yeah, that's well, yeah. quite escalation. Although, interestingly, it didn't seem to have the usual anti-Iranian media mm. thing that, you know, oh, Iran is responsible and all that. So that's interesting. 
Yeah. You know, it seemed to be like Houthis are starting to be viewed separately, maybe. <laughs> yeah, although the one article, whatever, one or two articles that I read on, read on this topic, they did say the Iran-backed Houthis. Back. But I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's it wasn't in the title. <laughs> Nobody can write Houthis without that. They're like, Houthis, no, the spelling's not right. Oh, yeah, Iran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it means something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a com- compound <laughs> word yeah but uh no that's yeah that was interesting and uh, then um moving on and then we have uh, syria so I, yeah i can just yeah. read a s- short sentence yeah. on this so yeah i saw this this was pretty interesting i found so china mm-hmm. is of course trying to get every country possible they have like a they have like memorandums of understanding like two thirds of the world's countries, I believe around their belt and road initiative, like something huge. So Syria has officially joined China's intercontinental belt and road initiative, defying strict US sanctions in hope of securing a lifeline for lucrative investment in a country still ravaged by more than a decade of civil war. Damascus participation was initiated during a ceremony Tuesday through the signing of a memorandum of understanding by Syrian Planning and National Cooperation Authority Chair Fadi Al-Khalid and Chinese ambassador to Syria, Feng Biao. So, I mean, this, this is I maybe mean, a positive development. It's not a bad, too bad thing if you, if you ask me. It's not the uh, worst thing. The thing is... I always, I'm a bit, I think most of these, I mean, I, I think are mostly ceremonial or just for the show, because when you have your banks cut off from the international banking system, and I don't remember if Syria, uh, I don't remember if they're cut off from SWIFT or not, but when you have it cut off like that, I mean, it's large, I don't know, even Chinese, it's very difficult for the Chinese to do business with you. Yeah, it makes so, it hard. But... Yeah, I like, I need, yeah, I would be interested in looking into that. But I mean, I think if anybody knows anything. The way it's going, Bashar Assad is going to have, it seems like it more and more power and legitimacy and credibility in the years oh, yeah. to come. So <laughs> by the time they build, and you know, I mean, exa- I mean, what is this anyway? This means that I guess but some the... train, uh, train lines are going to, pass by there and yeah if they can they'll sell some stuff to damascus and take some stuff I mean, from syria and sell it other places yeah yeah although although you still remember there are parts of syria that are still not under his control yeah yeah that, so. no that's for sure but yeah that was a little development there on syrian front then let's move on to iran <laughs> and the nuclear yeah. deal anything to mention they- there the, yeah, the, there are continued positive signs coming out that uh, it seems that Iran um, is, well, there are good signs coming out. Iran went to China, actually, Iran mm. announced, kind of connects well with the Syrian story. They announced that their cooperation, 25-year cooperation deal has started. And again, I don't know how substantive that really is, but it certainly, I think, was a political move to do it while the nuclear talks are still not finished. So Iran, I think, is trying to maximize mm-hmm. its leverage, I think. And I think that also because I believe tomorrow or in the next few days, Iranian president is supposed to go to uh, Russia mm-hmm. to give uh, to meet with Vladimir Putin as well as to give a speech to Duma, the uh, Russian parliament. So... You know, it seems Iran is trying to like uh, put up a very a strong front right now for the nuclear talks. That's what it seems to me. 
Yeah, and I also saw concerning Iran that um, since they completely cut their ties with Saudi Arabia in 2016, now for the first time they've sent like three diplomats to work in a kind of office or organization in Saudi Arabia. Did you did you read that? Did you? Oh yes, that? yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there seems to be. Uh, uh, Iran is invited to. I I forget the name of the organization. I think both. Gulf Council Cooperation. Mm-hmm. One yeah, of there the you go. Yeah, Arab, of, uh, yeah. yeah, one of the Arab things. Iran has been invited back to that as sort of an observer member or something. So as I think we talked about, it's like a couple of months ago and stuff when we were still doing more news and stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, it seems as US is uh, retreating from the region, we are seeing more regional activity. Mm-hmm. Both as we see in the case of UAE and Yemen in some cases escalation within with regional players or with in case of Iran and Saudi Arabia as we've seen during the last few months somewhat de-escalation of conflict so that's like regional players are becoming more important you know so the same could be said about Kazakhstan because you know uh, Turkey I mean I know Turkey is on the other side of the you know because Iran sort of cuts through the but you know, uh, there are many Turkic-speaking people in Kazakhstan and stuff. So you could argue Turkey is more of a regional player. No, definitely. And then you mentioned Russia. We have some Ukraine. Yeah, we have Ukraine here. So Russia, I think, is also in its, you know, in its uh, what do you say, in its face off with the West, is trying to also shore up sort of its own, um, you know, shore up its own position, let's say. And they had a military training thingy uh, in training. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? It's not a military conference. Uh, <laughs> it's a military, what is it? Practice. Parade, tra- parade. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I think it was training this one, actually. But yeah, anyways, they had some military stuff in Belarus, um, uh, which is a very close ally of Russia, especially more recently. And uh, yeah, the Iranian president going to visit Putin. That's quite something that's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, not heard of for an Iranian mm-hmm. president to meet Russian president. It's not very common. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Russia seems to be shoring up its own, um, you know, especially after, uh, you know, Kazakhstan was a big win for Russia. And there was also a report by BBC monitoring um, it doesn't say who's the writer that there, there, there may be plans for Russia to even send uh, military forces to Cuba and Venezuela, to Cuba and Venezuela. I don't know how true that is, but it's just, it seems that this type of uh, articles are being written and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Russia, at least in the Western media is portrayed as, you know, becoming a stronger and a stronger. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I don't know about the. Those are the two examples you just stated. But. The Cuba and Venezuela? Yeah. yeah it's, sure. it's, uh, it's, the sources for it are Argentinian newspapers and mm. stuff. And I couldn't, to be honest, I didn't have the time to research if the, the newspapers could be trusted or that type of thing. Yeah, it just sounds like a bit unlikely. I mean, it's you just a much to, different yeah, thing. I, yeah. I think it's something that Russia might uh, want to not deny, though, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. But I mean, you know, like Kazakhstan and Ukraine are very different. You know, they're right there. So, of course, they're, they're ready course, to I, like send. Yeah, and they completely. were, the Kazakhstan one, they were invited anyway as they 
make this. Yeah, it was. They were legally bound technically yeah. by. Uh, I mean, it's le- international law is just so clear cut. <laughs> and did you have a UK story? I think no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to our UK story. <laughs> Seems so like you finished there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought you may have something to say, but yeah, UK. The it's quite interesting. It's I'm um, reporting kind of live right now as we're recording. Uh, the whole you know party gate, I suppose, uh, facade sort of uh, farce. Sorry, continues, and uh, uh, we had a Tory MP defect to the Labour MPs today. So that's, because of that. You know, well, I, I think so. He just, yeah, he just joined them after, yeah. Uh, so Christian Wakeford def- defected from the Tories. Labour leader Keir Starmer delighted by this. Oh of course, he's, because, of, because he, he prefers to be a leader of Tories. That's yeah. why he's delighted. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, now primer, uh, it's prime David. Yeah, I mean, this story oh, just came uh, out and you're right. Yeah, he's blaming... PM's prime minister's disgraceful conduct, <laughs> and David Davis, who's uh, quite—he's got—he's a, a heavyweight on the backbenchers, and he was a big. You're a skeptic before it was fashionable. He's called for Boris Johnson just to go and all that. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe Boris can't. Uh, you know, there was a lot of Guardian, Channel Four, Novara Media. Mm. All of them were saying like, "Dead man walking." He's very. Very unlikely he's going to survive, maybe blow up, maybe this. I still, I don't know. I feel like he's going to survive this Man, because it's... compared to his other controversies, but but so far, you know, defection is quite rare in British politics. Yeah, but I mean, I, mean, I know Labour so now is pathetic to me. I mean, it just sounds so pathetic. You know, I thought you were like a conservative because you believed in like a certain way of running society and the economy and everything. And on the labor side, they believe in a different system. So just because the prime minister had like a party and behaved this way and you don't like him, whatever, why would you switch parties? It makes absolutely no sense. But, and then if something like this is what sticks, I mean, Jesus. You could argue, I, I mean, I'm to be fair to them, you could argue, I don't know, like, you know, it shows how uh, unscrupulous they are and, you know, they don't believe anything. They're liars. I mean, and to be fair to the guy who defected, what's the difference between a Starmer Labour Party and uh, you might as well just just go based on these guys are at least not lying into my face. Well, over this. Over Over now. I mean, I can recall Starmer stories that we've done. I don't know. He doesn't lie. He's just an asshole. He's just—he doesn't lie about it. He's—I mean, he flips. He flips on his promises. I don't know if that counts as a lie. So, but yeah, Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, when politics like labor is pretty much has the same policies. In some cases, more right-wing policies than conservatives. You might as well. Yeah, true. I guess in that sense, yeah, you're right. I mean, and less success, but at least he's not. Maybe he's not driven by success. This guy (laughs) is good. It's just. I find a way people keep saying, yeah, he broke the law. He broke the law. People who broke the law got fined and stuff. Like, yeah, but I just assumed he's doing, like, he's breaking the law every night. Yeah. Like doing cocaine or some other drug. Or, But I do think everybody who was fined, because apparently there were people who were fined 
during the same time for having parties. I think they should definitely be reimbursed. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, Boris Johnson should face consequences for it as well. Oh, because I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, it's as if, like, I don't know if this analogy stands, but it's like a bunch of criminals committed murder and then the president also commits murder. Should be like, forgive all the criminals. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. All right. No, he should get, and he's just one part of the government. I thought this is a democracy. What do you mean? I mean, he's he's the prime minister, okay? So the prime minister did something wrong. It doesn't mean that every other aspect of the UK government did something wrong. So, you know, I get, I understand that it's hypocritical. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, government. Why should the government be held? Yeah, he should definitely get fined. I think uh, that's. But I guess I wish fines were more proportional according mm-hmm. to your earning. Yeah, that would make sense. That's a more general yeah. point, but whatever because it's unfair that a student that went to a house party gets the same fine as Boris Johnson yeah who you know I mean that's bullshit yeah I don't know how their fines were and stuff like that in some countries they're very yeah most of them were students yeah yeah I don't know how much they whatever much they were 20 pounds for a student is a lot man yeah yeah no that's like three beers or something yeah (laughs) yeah by all kinds of people in those early stages in the UK, especially they had that very strict kind of lockdown. But again, they're not politicians. They were football players and others. But they broke like the lockdown rules when here and there and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't read too much about that. <laughs> they though, faced yeah. a lot of the backlash, but yeah. But yeah, that was the, my UK update. So things continue to, you know, be quite fun over there. Real issues dominating the headlines. Yeah. <laughs>